All right. Well, good evening, everyone. My name is Makai Eastman, and this is the Arts and Art Conversation podcast. We have a very special treat for you today because I have some of the greatest technicians I've ever met in my life, and I'm able to have them all in the same place to talk about what they do with each other. We have Kelly Collins, Kelsey Ferrero, and Dana Sokolov. I want to thank you all, first and foremost, for taking time out of your evenings to sit here and just talk, but mostly I just want to get a feel for how are you guys doing, especially with this unfortunate pandemic that we happen to be in? But, you know, what is making you currently tick and what you do with technical theater? Anyone can start off first. Um, I'll start off right off the bat. Um, I'm doing pretty okay, pandemic-wise. Um, I'm currently studying at North Carolina School of the Arts, but since class is kind of finished, I've just been chilling at home here. North Carolina. And um, I, right off the bat, something that makes me take about technical theater, I guess, is something that I love seeing in this group is that all of us are women and that women get incredibly underrepresented in the technical theater field. And I feel like it's something that'd be worth discussing. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, so just to answer your question, Makai, kind of where I am right now is, as you know, just before coming, um, just before the quarantine and pandemic kind of hit the hit the wall, um, I came home from working at a on a carnival cruise ship as a technician for five and a half months. So I came home May March, sorry March fifth, and um, lockdown began, I believe, the fifteenth. So I kind of just came home and quarantine, and I'm at home with my parents now. And we'll see what happens with the summer at Glimmer Glass. Um, but yeah, I'm doing okay, and um, just keep myself going. I've re-downloaded Vectorworks to try to teach myself that a little more. Um, but I also all group of women because powerful women in theater is you know something that inspires me all the time and is what keeps me going is the female representation that I feel is needed in our field. I love that. I'm really excited about that too. And Makai didn't tell me too much about like what would be going on with the podcast today and you know the people that that we would be meeting um, tonight. So I I I agree. I am very excited that uh, it's all women as well. Um, in terms of pandemic, unfortunately, um, I was going to be contracted to work in Venice Theater in Venice, Florida, not uh, not Italy or California. <laughs> I teach technical theater there over the summer to, to students who are um, younger, so anywhere between eight and 18, essentially. And yesterday, I got that unfortunate call that I think a lot of people have received um, and have been dreading about, you know, the camps closing for the summer. Mm -hmm. But uh, I don't get to see my students, um, <laughs> which is a, a shame because I love working there. Um, and I am definitely disappointed that I won't be teaching uh, I understand why it is happening because of the safety precautions and protocols associated with COVID-19, but I don't know, selfishly, I have to say I'm, I am disappointed. <laughs> um, but in terms of what's making me tick, I, um, I've, I've been really excited to see what's been going on via like all of the things online. I think that theater people in general are being really innovative and creative lately. Um, and that's been really cool to witness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. 
And I'm glad you all noticed that you're all women because <laughs> I don't know, something that I've really uh, come to understand is that out of the greatest technicians that I've ever met, it, it's really just been women. And it was funny because Dana and I actually spoke about spoke about this a little bit this summer is the lack of representation of women of women in technical theater, which was astounding to me to say the least because every single production that I've been on has been a majority of women like even on I mean even like theater programs and things like that uh, it's really just an onslaught of women and I can really speak for University of Tampa you know how often we get men in the department is very slim so I guess I want to ask about your personal experiences as being women in theater and whether or not representation or finding your voice has been a challenge for you thus far Um, I can start off again. <laughs> um, so when it comes to that, I do work in lighting. I am a lighting designer as of right now. Um, but in the past, I have worked in various other um, forms, like I've done stage management, um, stage hand, you know, things like that. And it's really interesting to see where the dynamic of being a woman differs from being a man in certain fields essentially like some people believe that if you are a woman stage manager you will be either more respected more or that people will take you more seriously however if you are a woman and you are a stagehand and you're doing a load-in for a show a lot of guys will technically try to step over you try to you know take road cases away from you saying oh don't hurt yourself i'll push that for you mm -hmm. or something else so it just really depends on what work you do but in the end women do get treated entirely differently solely for our gender and that should not necessarily be the case man drive me nuts <laughs> <laughs> it really does it's so bad <laughs> can i just say like i don't know if this is <laughs> too informal but i am so excited that i have the opportunity to like get a chance to talk with other women in technical theater because I feel like a lot of the times I'm surrounded by so many men and I mean it's great and don't get me wrong I don't I don't want to come off the way uh, I guess that that sounds like I work with so many excellent men in technical theater and very competent and and you know great at their craft um, people in general and like you know w um, women of course but god there are more times that I can count where some man has stepped in front of me with a drill <laughs> like like the road case thing or um if i give a, a direction um if it's corrected or challenged um it happens more frequently than i would in all like in full transparency than i would really like to admit i feel like sometimes i really have to fight to get my point across um which is a challenge within itself sometimes but I don't know I think um, once you become a little more established in a place that you're working and you get your your grounding it's a little bit easier but at the same time I don't know it's it's definitely something that's always in the back of my head um, yeah. and about with, uh, <laughs> with you know a gender um, difference absolutely yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I kind of feel that like in situations I have found myself actually, I mean, as we all have in situations where you're surrounded by mostly men working around you, even especially on Carnival, I was the only woman on the team. And that was difficult, but also fun. But it was also kind of always you have to feel like you're proving yourself, which is the really hard part that it's you're always 
striving to prove that you can do the same job, you know? Um, I had this one experience when you were talking about pushing road cases. So when I worked on the ship, we had um, a cruise that was rented out by a, a heavy metal convention. And so, so it was all these rocker dudes. They had their own crew come on to and, and the carnival crew were just sort of there to help them. And I went into like, you're pushing road cases from like onto the ship and onto the stage and so Makai went to like full up like let's get this done and um I'm like going case after case just pushing them up like one after the other going super fast and then this one guy tries to jump in front of me and say like can you hands on I'm like yeah I'm good I've been doing this for like 15 minutes and he just walked in the room and um <laughs> and then I just keep going and I'm like not letting him take it because I'm doing great I'm like you grab your own there's a whole pile of them over there and then he says to me damn you're a persistent little one and I was like all right <laughs> and, uh, and yeah so that, that I feel like is just the example that it's like it's unexpected that we're gonna do a good job you know um, yes. a lot of the time but with that said I have had some really good experiences working with the men around me and in whole teams it's not about when it's a good team it's not about the gender it's about communication and working together that is appreciated around mm -hmm. Exactly. And that's kind of how it should be. Like, yeah. there shouldn't necessarily need to be that, like, dynamic of, like, oh, my goodness, there's a woman on the team. How is that going to work? Mm -hmm. Like, um, like one time I was working for a company that I will not name, um, but we were essentially working a load-in. And so I was bringing in a bunch of stuff, things like road cases, trust, and all this other stuff. And um, something that actually kind of astounded me was that one person, like, I was hammering something into some trust. And someone said, step aside, sweetie, I got it. And the amount of men that came to my defense when that happened, though, honestly gave me a little bit of hope in society. Because the guy said that, and then about two men said, whoa, why are you calling her sweetie for? Like, what, what are you, what's your problem? He's like, no, I just meant it as a compliment. And they were like, you don't have to call her that. She does have a name. And I'm like, thank you. Thank you, guys. So there are select good people, but at the same time, there are just some people that you know, say that it's a traditionalist thing, that they were just raised to treat women differently. But at the same time, it is 2020, so like wake up. So hopefully just as time goes forward, people will learn to start respecting more people and no matter what industry they are in or what they're doing, you know. Yeah. I still think it's kind of silly that think like jobs that are a lot more like either hands-on or nitty-gritty like electrician and like things like that, is considered more of like a man's job versus something lighter, like a designer would be a woman. I've actually got that quite a bit at my school. That is our current dynamic, actually. Most of our designers are women and most of the electrician are men. So it's just, I don't know. I would love to break up the system. <laughs> yeah. I can also ask because Kelsey, you mentioned something very interesting about how yeah, the dynamic seems to be different when a woman's a stage manager versus a stage hand or electrician or a deck tech or something like that. And I want to kind of touch with Kelly and Dana since you both stage manage and just been on both sides of the spectrum. Has that been apparent to you by any means as in, you know, uh, your position in the pecking order? Did that have anything to do with how people might implicitly have biases between that? Um. I don't know if I'm going to exactly answer this question, but I'm going to try. So I guess for me, like I've worked as a woman, as a stage manager, as an assistant stage manager, I've worked with men 
who like as an assistant stage manager or like as a stage manager, you know, all the combinations you can think of, like I've, I've been in, you know, those situations. And I think sometimes in all honesty, it's like the dynamic is different. Sometimes um, it's, I, the, the style is different, but I guess for me at least, it, I think it, it has to do with the person too. So like, I know a way that I would run a rehearsal or I would run, you know, a production process in general based on who I am, regardless of gender. And I think that has to do with um, other people I've worked with as well. Um, so I guess in terms of, of gender, sometimes I see the difference, like maybe a stereotype might be like, some people might view me as a little bit more uptight than a man who might be a little bit more relaxed in their job. Um, but at the same time, I try and, I mean, Makai knows this, my motto is really just like low stress, high success in all situations. So I try to make things easy, but sometimes I feel like maybe because I'm a woman, people think that it comes off a little bit more aggressively or like assertively. Um, whereas if a man would say it, like it would just kind of happen. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> that it does. It does make sense. I do feel, I mean, it is kind of a, there's a very fine line being a woman in authority between being known to get stuff done and being stern versus going too far and then people considering you like, you know, a B word or whatever. Um, so it's such a tough line to toe and it's really difficult as a stage manager or assistant stage manager when I've been in those positions to find the sweet spot of getting respect, but also not um, coming across and giving people the illusion that you have bad intentions or something, that you're doing it for your own good, because people often um, think that if you're trying to um, have any disciplinary role. Um, so yeah, it's it's difficult. It's difficult to find that sweet spot. But and there also have been times. I mean, going so there's that, and then working as a, like a stagehand or a member of a crew. I have often found like just the fact that a lot of times, like you know, people like men tend to be stronger than women. So it's when a man gets chosen to do like a heavy lifting job, it's like expected. But like, I would love to be given the shot. You know. Yeah, I guess that's, I hope that answers it. No, it really does. And it was just a really interesting topic to think about because I can definitely see it. You know, even if it's not on purpose, but things kind of just tend to happen that way. And that's just how deep-rooted the issue may be without yeah. even being malicious about it. So I just thought that was a very interesting thing to bring up. Now, kind of shifting more towards the design aspect or the production head things. And I guess, Kelsey, if you want to chime in specific with this, you know, when you do one of the most important aspects of the production, which is, I'm going to say lighting, it's definitely up there because lighting can definitely make or break a show. What is the one thing you would be looking for from the director or from the other designers to be able to make your job that much easier? 
when it comes to um, talking to directors about lighting design, like, of course, the first thing is really just collaboration, communication, that we each kind of beget some sort of equal image of what we want the show to look like. When you have a director that becomes a little bit too, like, forceful with what their image of the show is, like, for example, I guess a way of saying, like, if a director says, hey, I really want to push, like, this color imagery, and the designers are like, no, we're kind of hoping for something else, like, having more of a compromised ground rather than just having just the director go full ham and just kind of ignoring everybody else will significantly make the show better because everybody's best interest is to get the show looking as perfect as it can be. So just making it more of a collaborative effort is a really huge step because a lot of directors don't like to do that. A lot of directors kind of like to just kind of keep their vision no matter what, like, and they'll steamroll anybody until they get there. So that's my thoughts on that. Now marrying that into production heads, Kelly and Dana, I know you two have definitely worked with more people who have been more dictators rather than directors, or uh, perhaps people who have led the crew or the design in a very forceful manner to the point where it might be a little difficult to kind of find the balance between collaboration and just following orders. So what would you have to say in terms of how to deal with that from uh, not only a professional standpoint, but only, uh, only as, as an artist to keep your integrity in the piece as well? I mean, yeah, everything is all about communication, collaboration, being open-minded to other people's views. Like it fully comes down to, to that, to just being able to share and listen and, and hear other people out. And if you can't do that, then the project's gonna immediately fail because it's a team effort, 100%. And regardless of a level in the team, the person at the highest level should 100% be willing to hear the concerns of the lowest level and at least compromise or have the conversation. You know, if I've worked with people where that was sort of not taken, there was someone in charge who thought that what they say goes and, and didn't care about how it affect and didn't maybe even recognize how it affected the lower levels and the inner workings and details of the piece. Um, and that just gets very problematic when, and then when it's brought to their attention, not listening. It's just, yeah, basic human skills of listening, communication and stuff. It's just exactly what it, it needs. Just human connection is what it really comes down to 100% in all, in all working scenarios. I hit the nail on the head. <laughs> I mean, that's really what it is. I think oftentimes people um, in theater, as much as I hate to say it, like, Sometimes you get a little bit of a big ego um, in terms of, you know, you being confident in your ability. And as wonderful as that is, sometimes I think it's important for everybody on the team to take a step back and just to say, okay, wait, this isn't about me. It's about the process, yeah. the product of the process and what that product can do for other people. So how can what we collaboratively create serve, you know, the playwright? How can it serve 
um, the cast? How can it serve the audience? And in order for us to do that, we have to do it together. Nicely said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Another question for the whole group, really, because the joy of live theater is the fact that invariably things are more prone to going wrong. And it's the opening night jitters, it's the complacency on the other end of the spectrum when things become too routine. And there's a little bit of a, uh, there's uh, this boiling tension at least that I experience every time the curtain comes up until it comes down. So in your own experience, what's something that went wrong or not as planned and how were you able to adapt and fix it or make it work per se? This one is one of my favorite questions as Mackay knows. <laughs> Um, I can count the amount of things that have gone wrong in productions that I have worked on, uh, on my hands and feet and beyond. Um, and as a stage manager or, you know, any, I think any theater person in general, it is our job to anticipate mistakes. And somehow things still continue to surprise me every time that they happen, but you know, maybe that's what makes it fun. Um, and I think another fun part about it is the solution that you find when, when something unexpected happens. How can we fix it? I think that's something magical about being someone who's in technical theater. Um, the idea that we have the ability to, you know, create something and fix something so rapidly. An example, perhaps, I think one of the most intense ones, um, which Makai, I'm sure, is very familiar with, and I am positive he knows what I'm going to say, is uh, when I stage managed his production of Angels in America. And I was ready. I was ready to go. I was excited. I knew exactly what I needed to do that night to make that one show, because we had one show um, of Angels in America, like to get it right, to make sure that it went smoothly. And the very first cue of the show got messed up because as Makai identified, sometimes people get jitters. Um, and you can start to say go on a uh, over the headset and it's just like immediate i didn't even do that um it was it was a mistake that was made what the mistake was is irrelevant um but the point is something happened and um it was something that was unfixable because there were multiple cues that were set off of that very first cue so what could i do in that situation not too much um, and because of that, because of that initial mistake, um, everyone on the tech team was immediately tense after that. And I think as a stage manager, when something like that happens, it's very important to reaffirm your technicians that are on your headset to be like, okay, this happened. Now we're going to move forward. Um, which I've made very clear while it was going on, um, to try and prevent mistakes from continuing to happen. So... At the end of act one, there were a lot of things that I could have done. There, I could have yelled at the technicians on my team. I could have been upset. Um, but, you know, what purpose would that serve me and what purpose would it serve them? If I walked backstage and, and screamed at someone for getting something wrong or if I yelled at a technician in the booth, like, number one, it's just not my style. That's not the way that I go about conflict in general. <laughs> um, so it wouldn't have worked out very well for me. I wouldn't have handled that well. Um, and I think that when you create negative energy, the negative energy persists. So 
Instead, what I did was I walked backstage and I told my entire crew that they could come stand in a circle with me. And we grabbed hands and we breathed. And we said, all right, in, hold, and out. And then we talked and we said, focus is important. And mistakes happen and they can't continue to happen. So we are a team and we're going to move forward. We're going to use this as a learning experience and we're going to get back out there and get back on our game. Um, and after that, act two and act three went swimmingly. So I think that the way that you talk to people, the way that you interact with people and the way that you deal with issues in the moment can affect a lot of other things. Uh, and I think if we use positivity and kindness to solve problems, and I think this is general, not just in the theater or technical theater, it, it serves us a lot better than if we were to get upset or to get angry about something. I agree. Honestly, with things in theater, we kind of forget sometimes that we're all human. People make mistakes. Things will happen. Things will go wrong. That is literally the joy of theater. It's everything going wrong and you troubleshooting as soon as possible. And even things also outside of theater. An issue that I had um, this like past semester, I was working on a production, but a personal issue came up for me um, that was outside of the production. And unfortunately, it inhibited me to be able to do work. But rather than you know, I was assistant lighting designing at the time, rather than my lighting designer getting angry, being like, why didn't you do this? Or what's going on? Or blah, blah, blah. He was like, okay, breathe, focus on what you need to do to make yourself better in this moment in time. And then we'll try to move forward. And that's how understanding people should actually be with these kinds of things, because things do happen. And sometimes we're not always going to be on our A game, but rather than, you know, getting either yelled at or feeling guilty for being human. All we can do is just try to grow ourselves and make ourselves into better people, learning from what we already have and just pushing forward. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you were saying, Kelly, it's so important to breathe through the times of stress and everything when you all, like you said, negative energy persists and it just, it creates such horrible vibes and that's not a place to create art and theater um so Alvin tells a story I think it's a funny one I mean kind of I don't know we'll see so my uh, last semester in college I was assistant directing our production of Our Country's Good a fun play and um the lead actress she got sick midway through the beginning of the show probably only like 10 to 15 minutes in and I was sitting in the house watching and um, the, um, the director came on stage and he announced, so our lead actress has fallen ill and our uh, costume, uh, no, what's it called? Our wardrobe supervisor is going to hop in. She's been an actress before and she's just going to do what she can with the role. And um, it was so fun. And I think the best part in Think Going Wrong is how people come together. Immediately when that happened, I knew I, I jumped backstage and I was going through the script and kind of explaining to her the blocking between scenes that she had to go on for. And um, the stage manager, you know, adjusted and had to, you know, go figure out the little details of things and just how everyone communicated and made it possible for her to take over in a role midway through the show. It was just so wonderful watching her being able to do it and everyone I saw, the whole crew coming together to make it possible. And, you know, and the other wardrobe crew had to step up to be able to cover her track backstage. So just so much had to happen to make that swap possible mid-show. And that's just one example of how it's really great when even there are flubs, how as technicians and as trained theater artists, we 100% know we just have to get, not, get on our game and 
figure it out and hold like whether it's like metaphorically or actually hold hands and get through it I think the persistence and dedication of theater people like it just never ceases to amaze me yeah so many situations in which like theater prepares you for life itself and Mm -hmm. I that's one major skill that being a technician has taught me. Absolutely, like I would agree with everything that we talked about. I, there's there's so many horror stories that are actually somehow really extraordinary and very magical in some yeah. kind of weird backwards way. Mm-hmm. That's the truth. Well, we're running just a bit low on time here, so I want to have just a quick little powwow session for you all to give any budding technician out there slash designer slash theater artists in general. If you had to give one little piece of advice from your experiences, what would you tell them? My biggest lesson is always pay attention to detail. So regardless of what you're doing, just if you're sending out an application, reread it a hundred times, you know? Like, especially right now, it's hard. People are out of work um, and you it's hard to know the next step for a lot of us now. So it's just, it's all in the organizing, planning, and we're taught that in all our classes. I'm sure we went in school for theater and whatnot. But yeah, it's just a, my biggest lesson was always pay attention to detail, organize yourself before you can organize your work life, and you'll go far. I would agree with that for sure. And similarly, I think my main lesson is that when a door closes, a window opens. Um, So in theater and technical theater in general, sometimes something happens and um, I don't know, I guess I'm just a believer in the fact that everything happens for a reason. And when, well, maybe not everything happens for a reason, but there is a lesson that we can learn from all things that happen, I think is a better way to say that. Um, Yeah, I I guess that uh, the takeaway is sometimes opportunities come knocking and you get to decide when you uh, take advantage of those. But otherwise, uh, my other thing would probably be put people first. People first is always the mentality of what I do. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Personally, I think my big lesson would be that progress is not linear. Every, like, as you are progressing through your career, you will have so many ups and downs. Things will change. You know, I started fully doing theater a few years back, but I didn't really switch into lighting until this past year. I didn't envision myself moving to North Carolina to study lighting design fully. You know, people's trajectory in lives change even after you get a degree, if you get a degree. Heck, for some things you don't even need a degree. You know, it depends on what you do. It just, all it is is just do what you love and the rest will follow. Just kind of follow that first. And, you know, there will be ups and downs, but just don't give up, keep going and your dream will follow too. Beautifully said. Well, with that, that's Kelly Collins, Kelsey Forever, and Dana Sokolov, three of the greatest technicians I've ever met. Be sure to hire them, because if you don't, I surely will. Thank you all so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Thank you for having us. Thank you.